Hi, and thanks for joining me on Profit with a Plan podcast. This is where you can get some great ideas to create your most profitable small business. Now more than ever, having a solid plan will help you get your business to not only survive, but thrive. So join me, Marcia Reiner, your business strategist, each Tuesday for some smart ideas that can add more profits to your bottom line. I've helped tons of small business owners establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees sustainable profitability and guides their growth. If you know of anybody that may be curious, share this podcast or let's chat to see what we can do together to create greater profits in your business. I am really excited today to have on my friend, Chevelle McPherson. She is a business and intellectual property attorney. Chevelle began her career as a prosecutor and assistant district attorney for the city of Philadelphia. After receiving many accolades and recognition as a top national trial lawyer, Chevelle set out on her entrepreneurial journey. Chevelle, known as the monetization maven, expanded her law firm to three locations in the first year. It's pretty impressive. After a few years, she launched what is initially a side hustle coaching business, which turned into a six-figure international business in less than 12 months. Chevelle is an award-winning uh, international speaker, two-time best-selling author, and an international growth, business growth, and legal expert. She is recognized as a VIP Woman of the Year in the National Association of Professional Women. Chevelle is the host of Solopreneurs, Sorepreneurs, sorry, my apologies, Sorepreneurs, a podcast for entrepreneurs ready to start, scale, and soar their business. She is set to launch her new podcast, Monetize Your Intellect, a show uh, premised on teaching entrepreneurs how to turn their intellect into income. Mm, Great stuff. Chevelle is extremely passionate about supporting entrepreneurs and showing them how to accelerate their income, protect their profits, and build sustainable business that they love. Wow, Chevelle, that's quite impressive. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Yes. So Chevelle and I met um, in one of our circles and I was totally drawn to her because as a business owner and a creative, which I feel like I am, I straddle both the creative side and the structural side of business. She protects people. She protects businesses and intellectual property. And it was just, I think it's just so important to present it to the listeners today. So Chevelle, Tell us, how is it, why is it so important that we have our business protected, first of all? Well, the main reason why it's important is because most entrepreneurs are building businesses because they want to have sustainable um, income, consistent income. Um, You're building your legacy. You want to create assets. Um, At the end of the day, the bottom line is we're all in this, not to just make impact, but to have income. Right. Mm, And so if you are only concerned about the income and you're not concerned about protecting the income, it could be disaster. Um, I've had clients who I've seen go from what I call millionaire to broken air because all they focused on was making the money and they didn't put any measures in place. I speak of legal pillars because, you know, pillars are strong. You know, they hold things up. And if your business doesn't have pillars in place, then it could collapse at any given moment. So it would be a tragedy 
for a um, someone who has put their heart and soul into growing a business to grow it to where you want it to grow. And all of a sudden it just sinks into quicksand because there's no pillars. So that's why it's really important at the onset, you consider making sure you put some strategies in place, which I call legal pillars to make sure that your business is profitable, but also legally protected. Love it. I don't think business owners truly think about having um, having to protect their business. Uh, if you're doing a, a, a very commoditized service, say you're a, a plumber or a chiropractor or uh, you know anybody who's doing a physical activity, um, you're not thinking about protecting it, but you still need to have those protections in place, right? Absolutely. Everybody, anybody in business needs to have those protections in place because at the end of the day, they're the main reason we are in business. We all have to earn a living for ourselves. You know, the reason we go into business is no different than the reason we get a job other than we don't want to, we don't want to earn our living through someone else. We don't want to earn our livings on their conditions. We just want to have more freedom. But when you go off on your own, you're now under your own platform. So you don't have an employer who can assure that you know you know there's workers compensation and things of those nature there's nothing in place for you unless you put it in place for you as an entrepreneur small business owner or ceo of your own company so it's important that you do those things and you put those things in place because again what is the point of building a business building an empire that could crash at any given moment and it's not so much i mean it is still you know whether someone gets hurt on your on your property or um uh, someone, uh, someone wants to go after you because they were unhappy with the service. But I think it's also protecting your, your, your information, your service, oh, your, your, your ideas, which yeah. is what really truly attracted me having that, um, you're creating a system or a process, or you're doing something that is, is very unique to you, which we all need to do to stand out in our business. But when you're doing that, you need to protect that information as well. Right. Oh, absolutely. So when I say that your business can crash, it can crash from all, there's so many different factors, right? Your business can crash because you didn't put um, measures in place, for for instance, to have it in some type of entity, a protective structure, right? So if something happens, your business can crash because your personal assets are at risk, they're exposed. So there's measures you can put in place for that. Your business can crash when you get into a big dispute with a client and you've had no um, none of the terms memorialized. So now there's all this chaos and confusion that you have to interrupt your business for to deal with and there's no meeting of the mind. So if you lose and you didn't have that structure in place, the other pillar, your business crashes. Your business can also crash because you are a creative and you create content and programs and you you don't do the proper, you don't take the proper measures to register those things with the federal government and someone stealing, you know, your, your copyright, your, your intellectual property, your branding, there's confusion. Your business can crash because you can go into expensive litigation and, you know, it, it becomes like I call cardiac arrest for your business and it just doesn't survive. Right. So your right. business can crash because a pandemic came along and now you can't work and you don't have any business interruption um, insurance in place. Right. Your business can crash because you have employees or VAs or uh, um, independent contractors working for you um, and you don't have instructions for them to carry out their, their duties for your business. And then again, chaos and confusion, litigation. There's so many ways that your business can crash down. Um, and that's why it's important that you do not ignore the legal side. Wow. You just like totally hit us with a fire hose worth of information that is so important that I'm not sure 
the listeners as business owners really truly understood. Um, you know, I, I, I've I've said this before that you should have a couple of people on speed dial and build relationships before anything happens. Before anything happens, and and I have to say, it's always have a banker in in your back pocket so you can build that relationship. Make sure you have you know your accountant, whether you using them every week or you only need them a couple times a year. And the third one is have legal representation in place before you need it, so you can, you know, maybe stop anything that that gets in your way. And if something does happen, you have somebody that you've already got a relationship built with. So this is really super important. Thanks, Chevelle. This is this is great. You know, you don't you don't think about it. You really don't. No, you think you about know, delivering your product and service and, and trying to get paid off of it. Absolutely. And one of the things that I do, and and I'm glad that you mentioned the fact that we don't think of it as entrepreneurs beforehand. So I came into this space as an attorney. Um, and when I came into this space as an attorney, even before becoming um, a business growth strategist and a legal expert working with entrepreneurs, creating their businesses and building them and scaling them from the ground up. Before doing that, I actually was litig. I was an attorney. I was doing business litigation work. Um, that was one aspect of my business. So I was actually representing clients who had legal disputes because there were no agreements. There were, you know, um, their content was being ripped off. There were so many things happening. So they came to me, like I said, you go to the dentist for the root canal, but you didn't come for the pro from, you didn't come in the beginning for the, um, from the, the cleaning care, right? <laughs> so, so now you're coming for now you're coming to to get it the problem solved and it's urgent. So now what I've done in my coaching business is I have reverse engineered the process with entrepreneurs, and I go around and I speak and I encourage them start with me before you need me. And the reason why I say that is because I have legal programs that I've put in place that entrepreneurs can actually go through so that they can get themselves set up so that they don't need to make that phone call. And if they ultimately have to make the phone call, it's going to be a simple phone call. It's not going to be, oh my God, help me. It's going to be, we have an issue, but I know this is registered. Can you just send a cease and desist letter and we'll end this really quickly? You're not really concerned about interrupting your business you're not concerned about losing your assets when you, if you have to call someone, you're just calling to make sure they reinforce what you've already put in place. And there's a big difference. Okay. There's a big difference. If you go to the dentist for an annual checkup and you've been coming regularly, you're not too concerned because you've been on top of it. But if you don't go for five years and all of a sudden your tooth is breaking and you're feeling, you know, cold sensation, you're going there in urgency and you're concerned because you don't know, number one, how much damage is done to the tooth. Number two, how much it's going to cost you now, right? Because it's an emergency service. So Think of it that way. Do you want to be the person who's running to an attorney like the person with the root canal who ignored the teeth and they don't know what they're going to be up against? Or do you want to just call because there's a minor concern, but you've taken precautions along the way. So, you know, this is going to be something that's going to be devastating. Uh, so powerful. You know, it's, <clears throat> it is so important to be able to, um, control the business. There's so many things in life that we can't control, right? You can't control the stock market. You can't control the guy that hits you. You know, you can't control um, the weather. You can't control things that, you know, are out of our control, but there are a few things that we can control. And when we are controlling them in our business, the things that we have to do is we have to set foundations in place. We have to set the contracts. We have to establish the relationships properly. We have to make sure that we're protecting our things. So then that's, that's something you can control. 
because you can't control, like you said, someone stealing your property or using it because they love the idea, which is a compliment in itself, but that's your, that's your moneymaker. Right. And, and, but you can protect it on the front end. And so this is, this is so powerful. I'm, I'm excited about this. So we talked about your pillars. Um, repeat the pillars for me. How many pillars are there? Five? Well, I talked about five legal pillars that you need to put in place in your business. And the first one is our call a PLS, making sure you have your business in a protective legal structure. Um, it's sort of like us. We, you know, we have a house to protect us if there's, if we need shelter, your business needs to have a house to protect you. And it gives you a wall of separation so that you don't lose your personal assets if there's a business issue, right? So that's the first thing is the PLS. The second one is always say use effective legal agreements because you want to memorialize the terms, the rules of engagement. So, you know, the PLS is like your house and your contract are like the rules of the house. So you want to tell people, you come into my house. These are my rules. This is how you're going to pay me. This is where you're going to pay me. This is what's going to happen if you don't pay me. So you want to make sure you have those rules in place. So that's really important. That's number two. Number three, you want to also make sure that you're protecting your intellectual property. I call this like your bling of your house. It's your, your, you know, it's the things that really matter to you. It's your content. It's your online programs. It's your literary works. It's your brand, right? It's things that could be copyright and trademark protected by the federal government to make sure that people aren't stealing what's, what you have created and the brand that you're creating for yourself. And then the next pillar is number four, which is insurance. You want to make sure you have business insurance because if something happens, like I always say, okay, you have this house, which is your entity in place, but who's protecting the house? What happens if the house burns down? What happens if um, a storm comes through? You want to be able to transfer that exposure to a third party, which is an insurance company. You want to pass that risk off. And the final one is number five. My fifth legal pillar is SOPs, is standard operating procedures. You want to make sure that you always have those in place. So when people come into your house and they know the rules of how to deal with you, but do they know how to do things? Do they know how to onboard? Do they know how to terminate? Do they know how to, you know, um, do a sales call? You have to create these these rules and manual. So that, that eliminates the possibility of the risk, I should say, of litigation. Litigation can be expensive, it can be time consuming, it can be energy draining. And if you have SOPs in place along with these other pillars, your risk of going down the road of expensive litigation, um, tons of money in legal fees, disrupting of your business will be dramatically decreased. And at the same time, I always say you position yourself um, to naturally attract higher caliber clients. You put yourself in this energy range of being able to, uh, you know, to, to have consistent income. So not only do these, these pillars protect you, but they help to propel your income naturally because you look like a professional. You are doing business as a professional. You're not running a lemonade stand. You're not running around like a rabbit chasing his, you know, his tail. And you're, you're just not on the income hamster wheel because you don't have to stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. You put the measures in place. You put the pillars in place. Your business is is stable, stabilized. And now you can go off and do what you do. And that is create, do your work, serve your clients, stay in your creative genes of uh, your creative zone of genius without worrying about someone stealing, you know, your, your creative works and you operate your business professionally and you get to grow and scale with confidence, peace, and ease. Wow. 
Love it. Okay. So you'd hit on, you'd hit on something that, that I didn't think was a pillar. Those SOPs are so important. They are. When, when we're growing our business, you know, whether you're one person or you're a dozen people or you're 500 people, you still need to have those processes and, and, uh, standardized ways of doing your service. As, as one of my ideas, it's almost trying to multiply yourself because there's only 24 hours a day, uh, 24 hours in a day and you must sleep. So that limits the ability for you to be able to scale your business. So when you're scaling your business and you're bringing somebody on by having those standard operating procedures in place, I didn't think of that as a legal side of it, but it makes total sense because I'm asking this person to duplicate me and be me in so many different areas. I want to make sure that I have standardized procedures in place so that when I'm asking them to do something for me, they're doing as I'm telling them or they, you know, I have recourse if I want to fire them. I have recourses. They're representing my brand and everything else. I didn't even that didn't even hit to me on a legal side. So yeah. very, I very recently, I recently did a masterclass and I broke it all down and definitely SOPs. And I always say when it comes to SOPs, um, people, it's really important. I love it. When you first start out in business, that's when you should create them because you're doing every, you're likely doing every task yourself. So all you have to do is document everything that you do. And voila, when so, when you bring someone in, now you don't have to go back and think, well, what was the next step? What Just as you do it, even if you pull out like a Google sheet and just say, okay, I do this first. I made this call first. I did this second. I did this third. It's just the instruction manual. So now when you bring on a VA to take over the task that you've been doing, guess what? There'll be no confusion as to how to get it done because you've already given instructions for her to replicate the process the way that you've been doing it. Great stuff. And there's so many protective factors around it. So oh, I'm, I love it. Okay. So we've talked a lot about your pillars and how to make sure that you're, uh, what do you call it? Legally bossed up? Legally you're protected? Up. You're protected and you've got the business uh, protected from, from going, uh, getting in any trouble. The, this, the other side that you do is, um, that I think was, was super attractive to me is you talk a lot about intellectual property. Uh, we create our business, whether it's a service or, or a repeatable service, or it's something creative that you're doing, or maybe you're just out presenting and talking. Um, you work a lot with coaches and professional speakers. Talk to me a little bit more about what we need to protect on, on our intellectual property. First of all, what is intellectual property? Well, intellectual property, there's two types. There's intellectual property that could be from your creative works, your literary works, um, such as your books, such as your um, your online programs, your courses. Um, think of it, it could be films, it could be movies, it could be lyrics from a song, things that you create. Um, and you, when you create these things, you are the original owner and you do have what we call some copyright protection for that because you created it. The only thing is you do have some protection, but if you don't register it, now you have to fight to prove it belongs to you and that you deserve the right to have that protected. So that's one type of uh, intellectual property. The other type of intellectual property is what I call sort of the goodwill of your business. It's your brand. It's your logo. It's the 
the uh, items that you create that distinguish you from the other, you know, you're a health coach, I'm a health coach, what makes us different? Our branding makes us different. Our stories and our experiences make us different. But the branding is the critical part when it comes to intellectual property because you may have a logo for your business. You don't want me, I'm a health coach. You don't want my logo to be very similar so that our brands get confused because I'm out here trying to build a solid foundation and reputation for myself. What if you aren't so great at what you do? Or what if you know you um, don't have a great reputation and now my brand is getting confused with yours because our names are similar or our taglines are similar or our logos are similar. So intellectual property, when it comes to your, um, your, um, trick, when it comes to your taglines, your branding, your symbols and things of that nature, it's really to distinguish brand confusion so that you stand out. Like you just said, we want to stand out because of our business, because of our services, but we want to stand out because of our brand. Because think about this. If I held up a sign right now that had a red, like a circle looked like a, um, dagger board, you, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not really that artistic, but if I held it up, you would recognize it to probably be Target. If I held mm-hmm. up a sign with like a, a swoosh, you know, you would recognize that to be Nike, you know, I, but just me thinking of these automatically envisioning in my head what their symbols are. I immediately, I immediately would recognize Nike from Adidas because the symbols are different. I would immediately recognize, you know, Target from Walmart. Because they have their different logos, you know, Target is in the red color and and um, Walmart is like the blue with the yellow. Immediately it comes to mind. But what also comes to mind when you think of Target versus, let's just say, Neiman Marcus, right? You you have a different feeling when you think of Neiman Marcus or Saks Fifth Avenue because you think, oh, it's upscale, it's expensive. You know, some people think, oh my God, that's my dream store. Other people think, you know, that's my playground. Other people think that's a, you know, a waste of money, right? So, but something comes to mind for you. And the whole point is when it comes to your brand, when it comes to your logos, your taglines, what do you want to come to mind for your prospects and your clients? So intellectual Mm -hmm. property is important because you get to stand out. You get to be memorable, you know, and memorable leads to monetization. And that's why we're in business. So as part of what I do, like you mentioned earlier, you know, I'm known as the monetization maven. But what's interesting about that is I love to help entrepreneurs monetize, including the legal part. Because I do not believe that you can just do it alone. You really have to combine the business with the legal pillars for you to really monetize, you know, your intellect and your genius zone and all the things that you're doing. So even when I work with my clients, one of the things that I do is like I have this lay system and it's like the L is just the first pillar. And that that L has all the legal pillars. We've got to do all these things first to make sure that all your your legal stuff is in place. So your assets are covered and protected. Then we, go into, then we go into the other aspects of my, my system, which is growing and scaling your business, right? But there's a process. And so the intellectual property part is on the forefront because, it, you know, it's so much easier to attract people when you have a reputation that's awesome. Because now you're not running around trying to do Facebook ads and you're not running around trying to spend all this money and you don't have to worry about speaking engagements. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do any of those things because I believe those are wonderful tactics. But just imagine if you were doing those things after you've already established this solid reputation and brand for yourself. So now you have clients that are just naturally attracted to you. 
And then you can still go after those that don't know you using the other tactics. But why would you ignore what I what I usually call the people right around you in your background and your backyard? You can put your pillars in place. So those people are just attracted to you. There's an example. If I feel like like say I'm going to go out tonight and I need a pair of shoes immediately. I don't have to turn on a TV or go on Facebook to see an ad or anything. I'm thinking I'm going to Saks or I'm going to Neiman or I'm going to um, whatever is your shoe store that you go to. Immediately, a brand will come to mind. Right. That's what you call naturally attracting clients. You know, um, these bigger brands, they don't even run ads. You don't see their ads coming across. You know, um, they, they, they're starting to target now on Facebook because everybody's on Facebook and it makes sense. Right. But just naturally, you know, attracting people by setting a an example of the quality of service, the quality of the product. You know, if I need some milk or something in the middle of the night, I might decide to run Walmart because they've established this reputation that they're there for me, you know, for me to get all my essential needs and I can just jump up and go there. So it's great. It doesn't matter whether it's Neiman Marcus or it's Walmart or it's Sears or Macy's. It doesn't matter. They've established a brand recognition. And that's what's important about intellectual property. So if you know that it's that important, you know that you also need to protect it. Because Neiman Marcus and Saks and Target and all these other places do not want their brand confused. Because Mm -hmm. the brand reputation that they're setting out is what they want people when they wake up in the middle of the night or they need something, they want to be the first, they want to be top of mind. So your intellectual property helps put you top of mind and therefore it should be protected. Yes. It should. So at what point, um, so first of all, is it expensive to protect your intellectual property, uh, copyright versus trademark? I believe it's inexpensive. I believe it's expensive not to protect your property. And I'm going to tell you why. Because for copyright, first of all, is very inexpensive, in my opinion. It's $35, okay? You can literally go on the copyright site, I think it's uscopyright.gov, and you can follow the instructions, you can copyright your stuff. It's so inexpensive that half the t- a lot of times when people call me to do it, I usually say, just buy my legally bossed up boot camp and and because I actually do a walkthrough and I show you how to do it. Rather than me, you know, take money from you, just go do that and follow the instructions or go online and get it done. It's not that expensive, right? Trademark, on the other hand, I don't necessarily recommend people do alone because it's a little more complicated in terms of it's time consuming and you have to respond to office actions and things of that nature. But you can go on the site to at least generate a search to see if what you want to trademark is available. So I always suggest that you you maximize all the free resources first. So you want to make sure that it's available first. And then you want to reach out to a trademark um, person or attorney who can get your um, intellectual property registered, like your logos and your taglines and things of that nature. Um, but at the end of the day, what I always tell people is, it's if you're building a business and you're going to be like this, you know, I don't know what you all are striving for, but, you know, I want to be like a billionaire business owner. I mean, your vision has to be so big, it scares you. Right. So if that's what you're striving to be. But even if you're striving to be a six figure business owner at the end of the day, it's not going to cost you six figures to establish a trademark. Right. And I think so, the difference that I experienced with the trademark, I think the the copywriting is you're right. It's very simple, very straightforward. Right. Just go, you know, all you're right. doing is, is doing that. 
But um, I, I had tried to do a trademark and I had done it wrong. So then I wasted the time and money. Right. And, you know, there's just so many little nuances right. to it as to, are you trademarking the, the logo? Are you right. trademarking the words? Are you trademarking the, right. the tagline? You know, all those different things. So yeah, I highly recommend having an attorney for that. Yes. So and if that you, saves and a if lot you, of time and energy. And if you are, if you are not a U.S. resident, you must have an attorney. You cannot mm. do it. So Interesting. If, okay. if any of your listeners are in Canada or London and they want to do a U.S. trademark, they must have an attorney. They cannot do it themselves. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. So we want to copyright. We want to trademark. We want to make sure that we have our intellectual property protected so that way we can use it. We can brand ourselves. We can make ourselves um, be recognizable and distinguishable between our competitors that are out there, especially if we have a very highly commoditized business, something that, that everybody is doing or, or a lot of people are doing, I think that that's super important. So, Absolutely. So what else do we need to know um, as business owners to be legally bossed up, to be protecting our, our business from our personal assets from everything else and, and our intellectual property. What else do we need to know? So what you need to know is basically the five pillars. If you can, if you put those five pillars in place, always say, you know, look at it as like you have this big table, right? Um, and you're going to like, I'm talking to you now and I have my computer sitting on a table. Would I sit my computer on a table that has no pillars and no legs? No, right. because it's just that it wouldn't stand. So how long do you think that your business is going to stand if you don't have the PLS, if you don't have the legal agreements, if you don't have the um, protection for your copyright, if you don't have the insurance in place, if you don't have the SOPs, those things are all the pillars that hold your business up. Once you have those in place, your business is solid. It stands. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, people aren't going to come along and try things. But guess what? It's going to be very difficult for them to win if you are solidly established. Right. Um, right. It's just like if, if, if a storm comes, it doesn't mean just because you have your house waterproofed and all these other things. I mean, I remember when I first bought my house, when it would rain, it would come. The water would just come inside. Well, I got a sump pump. I got things done. I didn't stop the rain, but I stopped the rain from coming to my house. Ah, yes. The things that we can control, right? right? The things that we can control, right? So it's the same thing with your business. Are you going to stop the madness around you? You can't stop the madness around you, but you can stop it from entering your house, from your business. Love it. Love okay? it. This is you so have valuable. Do, you have to do what you can do to keep it away from you. Right? That's the goal. So you put those pillars in place to keep things away from you. Now that things are away from you, you can focus on monetization making money, getting your, your um, impact out into the world, getting your services out into the world, doing what you do, your genius zone, making the cash register ring, just doing the globe trotting the world, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it because you put pillars in place to keep the things away that could stop all of that. Hmm. Sound advice, sound advice. I love it. So where can people reach you? So you can reach me. Um, I'm at info at Chevelle McPherson.com if you want to shoot me an email. Um, I also would love to give them a free gift 
um, which they can go get. It's called Avoid Legal Landmines. So I talk about these pillars. So there's like 10 landmines that I usually say are lurking all around your businesses and you want to make sure you lock them down. So this is a checklist where you can just go off and make sure that you have these things taken care of. If not, then you might have some missing pillars that you want to put in place. So if you want to get that, you can go to www.legalizemybiz.com backslash guide. Okay, so that's the link. That's a free guide. You you definitely want to get that. Um, I'm on social media. All my social media um, um, tags are my my name, Chevelle McPherson. So so on Chevelle McPherson on Instagram, Chevelle McPherson on LinkedIn, Chevelle McPherson on Facebook. So you can reach me that way. Um, So you can shoot me an email. You can do that or you can definitely go and get the guide. And if anyone is interested and they know that they already know before getting the guide that they have some pillars that are missing. Um, I have an awesome, amazing um, online boot camp called Legally Bossed Up. Um, They can get that. That's at www.legallybossedup.com. They can go there. They can get it. Um, And they can put the pillars in place that they need. I oftentimes do um, master classes. So you definitely want to get on my, get the guide, get on my email list. Because when I do run master classes, sometimes I run like special offers um, for things for entrepreneurs to do, to get things in place, to get their pillars in place. So you can, those are all of the handles you can reach me at. That's amazing. Um, Chevelle McPherson on all my social media handles and the free guide, which is www.legalizemybiz.com backslash guide. Well, we'll have all of that information in the podcast notes. Um, so that way you can, you can see it and, and reach out to Chevelle. I have to say, Chevelle, thank you. You are extremely cost effective by going through some of your programs that are things that are commonly used because we all know attorneys can be very very expensive to hire one on one at you know 3 4 500 dollars an hour or more um, and so to join in and get this kind of legal advice to get the legal protections in place to get the contracts and all that kind of stuff in place for a fraction. We're talking pennies on the dollar for, for what it is. So I encourage you all to go out and, and check out Chevelle's information. She has been tremendously helpful to me and to many people around me. So I encourage you to, uh, to go out. So, and you know, you just made one more thing you just made me think of, which I forgot. We're in the process of releasing. Um, I've been hired by a lot of coaches, consultants, and speakers to draft um, legal agreements for them. So now I've compiled a lot of those and I'm actually going to be launching a site called My Profit Protector. You can go to myprofitprotector.com and you can actually get legal agreements that are drafted, attorney drafted and peer reviewed, not cut and pasted documents that don't make any sense at all. These really have the provision, I call them, we 10X the language of your legal agreements to make sure that we can keep some of those things away that are lurking around. Yeah, especially even in times like today where where the um, business environment, we'll just call it challenging um, to be able <laughs> to be able to have things in place that that will um, will protect your business. So thank you, Chevelle. This is this has been so valuable. Listeners, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business to make sure that you have more control over your money and be more profitable. If you would like to know specifically how to increase your own profits in your business, Let's chat. My uh, contact information will be in the podcast notes. So I am super excited to announce that my book, Big Profit Secrets Exposed, is out on Amazon. There will be a link in the podcast notes. 
as well. Um, I'm looking for opportunities to share my intellectual property, my wisdom, and my ideas with with um, your listeners. If you have any groups that you belong to and you're looking for a speaker, please reach out to me. And then finally, I've got an, uh, an opportunity. If you would like to learn how to not only make your business survive, but thrive, I've got a great program. There's six tips for you and a big profit strategy sprint I'm working on. It's six days of super valuable information. You can find that at failproofbiz.com. Go check that out. We would love to hear your questions, feedback, and ideas for future shows. Please comment on this show so that way Chevelle and I know uh, that you were listening and you got some information out of it. And uh, also subscribe to ProfitWithAPlan.com. You can always catch Profit With A Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Chevelle. Thank you for having me.